Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems. Wish for more skills. Don't wish for less challenge. Wish for more wisdom. And that is by Jim Rohn. And I want to welcome you again to The Profitable Photographer. As you might know, I'm Lucy Dumas, and I am very excited to have a chat with our next guest, David Hilton. Before I do that, I just want to thank you for subscribing and leaving a review and sharing this podcast with your friends. So let me tell you all about the great and powerful David Hilton. (laughs) David is experienced in building businesses, guiding business owners to make higher profits and to have greater freedom. He is the author of two books. One is called Spark, Take Your Business from Struggle to Significance, and who doesn't want that? And The Ultimate Success Secret, where he co-authored with Dan Kennedy, who is awesome as well. Uh, He's president of his company, Hilton Photography, which, well, he was president and he's recently sold it, correct? Yep. Yep. Um, He grew that to have multiple locations and recruited, hired and trained over 500 people. He developed this company to operate profitably without his day-to-day involvement. And for a lot of people, I don't know if they can even imagine that. So that's awesome. He has a lot of degrees. He's very educated. (laughs) So he has a doctorate in business. He's an MBA. He has a degree in photography and a master's degree in education, as well as holding the photographic craftsman degree with PPA. So I think he's qualified. What do you guys think? I just heard him say yes, David. (laughs) So welcome so much to my show. Thanks, Lucy, for having me here and welcome everybody. Thank you. Happy to to share with you whatever uh, I can. so. So David and I met at yeah, and if you've listened to the show a lot, you've heard me talk about Ken Whitmire and his Wall Portrait Conference. And um, when you go to that conference, you become part of a family. So I don't know, I'm sure you feel the same way that we got to be in this beautiful, special community uh, with Ken and all the people that helped him. Yep. Yeah, so it, it just is. Um, you're somebody that I'm super happy that I got to meet. And so now we get to know each other in a little different capacity. So first I like to find out like, where did you come from? And since obviously you are um, running businesses is something that is central that you have a passion for or business success, you know, the whole world of business, where did that come from? You know, you ask that and, you know, I think entrepreneurship, I guess, is one of those things you somewhat find early in life. Um, 
my brother, I have two brothers and they're, we're all close in age or I'm, I'm the oldest, but they were a year apart and we're all a year apart. So even in elementary school, way back then, my brothers and I around Christmas time were making beeswax candles and selling them in schools. And we were doing so well with it. The city had to shut it down. <laughs> 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 and at the same time, we were you know, even in elementary school, we were out snow blowing people's driveways with my dad's mm -hmm. snowblower um, and making some <laughs> making some good money uh, for us for our little selves. You know, so and uh, you know that kind of continued on. But but um, my dad had a photography, uh, a, a, a typical mom and pop photography studio like oh. most are today. And I grew up in that business. I didn't have, you know, in high school, I never really figured out what I wanted to do, um, and. You know, so being the oldest, um, uh, my dad had gone to RIT for photography way back when, and I'm the oldest, and you know, I guess I'll go into the business, you know, and and I'm off to RIT and studied out there for four years, and um, uh, you know, worked full time when I was in college. But uh, when I get back, I come back into the business, but I've seen the bigger world, a bit bigger world now, and I'm like, I'm looking around, and you know, and. I didn't want to be in the mom and pop business. I needed something that was growing, but all I knew in photography was the mom and pop business. You know, I grew up through the associations in Massachusetts and so forth. Um, New England had a big association and PP of A, of course. Mm -hmm. And, but all I knew was mom and pop. And I knew I, I wanted something bigger. And I met my, my mentor, um, some 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 of your listeners may know, but most most won't. Uh, but a fellow by the name of Waluigi out of Seattle, and he had fourteen beautiful studios. I mean, still mm. some of the most elegant studios I've seen on the West Coast, uh, all the way down to California, right? Seattle and um, middle market. Okay, his prices were moderate prices, not high prices, but a huge following. I mean, you could get on an airplane and fly into Seattle and say, "Who takes your portraits?" It'd be always his studio. Mm -hmm. They covered everybody and when I was like college age um my best friend's brother used Waluigi Studios for I guess their wedding that's when I first heard of it before I knew I was going to grow up to be a photographer and I always got the sense that they hired them because they were people that always wanted the best of everything so there was a reputation even if it was a medium priced that this was the quality studio, not the Sears pennies, but you know, when you wanted the good stuff. So interesting. I hadn't thought about that in decades. So thanks for that. I know, some, I know some very, very successful photographers in the United States, the names you would know. Um, and, but was easily hands down the most financially successful photographer. I, I know period, end of sentence. He's now well retired. He's in his eighties, but still mm -hmm. kicking and still going. Um, but um, but certainly the by far the most um, financially successful photographer I know, and and I saw him speak at a big New England convention, about three hundred people there, and I swear to God, I was the only person taking notes, and everybody mm. else thought this guy was nuts, okay, because <sighs> he was doing things so differently than anybody mm. else, and he was he had single handedly changed senior photography. Mm. How did he do that? What was the back in the seventies? This is back in the late seventies. Um, you know, all senior portraits then were just done on a head and shoulders on a brown background across the country. Mm -hmm. He started photographing like magazines. Mm. Right? One guy can, one guy can do this. Two guys can do this. 
So I set a vision to build 10 studios. Now I had no idea how, <laughs> okay, none, not even a clue how, all right? Mm -hmm. And how am I gonna do this? We have no resources to do it with. Okay, like many other photographers, we were borrowing from my dad's life insurance policy sometimes to keep the business running, you know, things like that. You know, um, the same old challenges that many of us have faced in the photography business over the years, no different, okay. Um, and my father was an excellent photographer. I became a very excellent photographer. Um, but but I model. I was always modeling after a while. He allowed me to come out there frequently, but he never really taught me. He's just not a teacher type. Mm -hmm. okay, so, um, and at one point, I'm starting to now build studio number two, and and that's hard. Okay, I don't recommend people go to studio number two until they've really got something really finely tuned running because it's a whole different animal to have two studios instead of one. And while one said to me, he said, Dave, you'll figure it out when you get to five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's your kitty cat's name? That was a cat, right? Toffee, yeah. She, she loves it when I'm on Zoom. Yeah. yeah. What's her name? Toffee. She loves Toffee. it. Yeah, me. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, so I started building it, but my dad was always fighting me. Okay, he was always fighting me. And I finally had to say to him, and again, I'm in my late 20s. I, you know, I said, Dad, I either got to go and do this on my own or you got to work for me because I can't do this. Okay, you, you, okay. And he said, well, I'll work for you. <laughs> huh. Okay, here we go. Okay. That's so, awesome. You know, Studio 2 was a challenge because we didn't have our systems in place. I had no idea how to manage people properly, um, things like that. We didn't have a good, you know, our standards and everything, our teaching systems or anything in place. And we just opened studio two. Okay. So that's could set you up for dramatic failure. Unfortunately, uh -huh. we got through that. And then I opened studio three and I started to get it figured out. And, but I, what I hadn't figured out yet was I had to let go of a bunch of things because mm. managing three studios. So like uh, what? And, um, would well, you have to let go? But I was also that first year in the third studio, I was doing the photography and we were doing a lot of studio, a lot of seniors, and and, uh, and 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 we were doing multiple clothing changes each each session and everything. So it's a, a fast process with with good average orders. Um, and but I was also trying to manage. So I finally that year hired a photographer who I actually thought was better than me. Now that's an ego breaker for many people. Could be, but. But, um, but I, you know, after 10 seconds of thinking about it, <laughs> realized, hey, wait a second now, this is awesome because now I know how to hire photographers better than me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm now free. Mm. Okay, so free to manage, if you will. Okay, um, so like, still by standards. they still have to be photographing to our standards because, you know, at, in those, you know, at, at that time, I mean, I put ourselves up against any senior photographer in the country you know, um, my good friend, Larry Peters, you know, I said once, once to him, I said, well, you know, I think I'll just open a studio in Columbus. He goes like, hell you will. <laughs> Come out here. Okay. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say I would have, we would have beat him, but it would have been a fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, because we kept our standards that high. All right. Um, and, and we changed. So, so WA started the change of senior photography on the West coast and we did it on the East coast. And, mm it freaked out parents because parents had never seen full length images of seniors. They had never seen white backgrounds, color backgrounds. They, they were just not used to it. The parents are 
are, are freaking out over it and the kids are loving it. So, you know, we went from doing 200 seniors with a small school traditionally one year to 1200 in a studio the second year, just because the kids had never seen what we were doing before. Yeah. Hey, so you knew Phil Cheris, I'm sure, right? Okay. Yep. So um, just for the listeners, Phil Cher- Mr. Philip Cheris created a business of very high-end formal portraiture in Pasadena, California. And then he, um, I, I don't know if he had two at the same time, um, but at the time for many years, he was the most expensive, most luxurious studio that I'd ever heard of. Guess who did my high school senior yearbook? Cool. <laughs> Bill Cheris. Before, before he had that shift. So we all start somewhere. And I I just, I think he was inspired to make a change hanging out. Have you been to the Huntington Library in Pasadena? I have not, no. It's this gorgeous estate filled with portrait paintings. Pinky and Blue Boy, I think, are there. Um, John Senior Sergeant. And we used to- Saying this, I- probably had been to one seminar that I co-led out there as a matter of fact in the grounds there's all these different gardens there's a you know different styles cactus garden Japanese garden and we used to take the kids you know the cheerleaders and uh, different groups to Huntington Gardens to photograph and I have this picture of Philip Mr. Cheris out there photographing then popping into the the museum part and going wait a minute (laughs) that's what I want to do not this anyway (laughs) it's neither here nor there but we get inspired in all kinds of ways I'll I'll give you a little story around that that um, maybe will will give some people um, some some understanding that you know your prices your prices are pretty low maybe because this was back in the again, fairly early 80s, and I was out to one of his studios um, in the, um, uh, what's the, uh, the um, coast, um, yeah, Orange right. County, uh, the big right. Orange County Mall down there, whatever they call it, I right, call it right now, mm-hmm. and in his studio there, and I walked up to the woman, and, you know, I was a young guy, but I was, you know, I always travel with a sport coat on, so I look, you know, um, proper, and I walk up to her, and I say, you know, um, my family's coming into town um, in, a, in next week, and I'm wondering if Mr. Charis might be able to do our portrait. And I'm looking for something big, and I'm indicating an eight by ten with my hand. You know, <laughs> I'm looking for a big one. And she very, very graciously, very elegantly dressed and everything. She's very graciously looks up to him. Now, now, mind you, this is early '80s, so a dollar was very much different than today. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, she graciously looks up at me and she said, oh, Mr. Charis will be so thrilled to be able to give you uh, gift portraits along with one of his, the, one of our masterpieces that he's, and, and she's got these 40 by 60 die transfer portraits in back of her. And she said, and the, and the gift portraits are only $500 each. <laughs> yeah. And back then that was pretty close to like 3000 yeah, and today's dollars, that's about yes. what they should be. Yeah. So okay. hey, I I wanna um I have some things I wanna like mine the gold of your brain here. Um so I didn't mean to cut you off, but um was there any any last uh 
thing that you wanted to share about your, no, your I would just, you know, ask you some questions. Uh, I guess, you know, started off with a quote today. Um, and, um, you know, one quote I, I would take with, would be, um, you know, I always took, you know, the road less traveled. Mm -hmm. So if all photographers are going one direction, I'm going the other. Okay. To yeah. be different. All right. That's a key thing um, is don't follow the photographers because you're going to get what photographers have. And that's unfortunately, if we look around the profession, not always much. Right. In looking in another direction, you can do a lot. It's a very exciting industry if it's done well. Mm hmm make a lot of money in this profession if it's done well right so photographers and i've made a lot of money i mean i i mean I've, I've done in today's dollars about 60 million dollars worth of photography sales and i've done quite nicely um for myself with with it and, and also my my um employees benefited nicely from it too mm -hmm. so yeah uh, so that's not nothing <laughs> okay and if it's done well yeah. yes so um one thing I would love for you to give some, uh, my listeners have said they love uh, sort of lists and bullet point tips. Uh, if this fits within that, that's great. Um, so since you have a program where you help people grow their businesses, I'm sure you have some thoughts on how you get started. Do you have like four or five things that people need to understand or start doing or you know what's your like i'm going to start a photography business what should i do your thoughts on that so there are fundamentals of photography that are used to be taught very widely but now they're very hard to find uh, good teachers for um, but i would get anybody who's starting out to get the fundamentals okay and mm -hmm sloppy about it because once you understand the fundamentals you know guys like gary box and things teach fundamentals very well uh, and so forth so you know we've got to find some of the few people who teach the fundamentals very well and learn those fundamental fundamentals and master mm -hmm. them okay mm -hmm. that'd be number one okay right so know your craft number two would be to find your style not copy somebody else's you can be inspired by somebody else's but then build off of that. Um, and that is very, very important so that you can, so that people would walk into somebody's house and know it was done by you without looking at the signature on the, on the image. Right. How do you find your style, David? You get the charge like every other photographer, but if you set yourself apart, then you can charge what you want to charge. How do you find your style? How do you figure that out? Yeah, you, I, I personally would not start with looking at most other photographers. Um, you know, I may start with a couple of very, very significant photographers um, in the country, but um, but I'm but but I'm not most photographers. I would start with the magazines. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you think about it, the magazines are the most highly prized and price priced portraits there are. Okay, you go to the magazines. And begin looking. I mean, those are you know the page in a magazine is probably fifty thousand dollars. Okay, so right. <laughs> they they put images in that sell to people. Okay, so mm -hmm. if I can discover the magazines that people are buying, my ideal customers are buying, and begin to follow that, it's gonna it's gonna give me a good direction where my customers would love to go. Mm -hmm. right? 
But then I'm going to, Bill Gates once said, embrace and extend. I'm going to right. play off of that, but extend it into something that now becomes mine. So tell me more what you mean by that. Well, you're going to find something in the magazines. Okay, so if you go to um, oh, uh, Vanity Fair, for instance, um, um, she, her name is escaping me right now. And she's one of the very famous, famous portrait photographers in the magazine. Oh, shoot, and Annie Leibowitz? Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so I may look at her work and love it. Okay, certainly it's selling. She's so had more covers on, on that magazine than anybody else has ever had. Mm -hmm. Magazine's been around for over hundred years now, um, and I might take her work, but then I begin to find my style within her style. Mm -hmm. What part of it now can I extend into my direction? Right. So I'm not just a copy of her. I mean, ex mm -hmm. I've extended, I've embraced it and then extended upon it. Got it. Yeah, I um, I also love studying art. And when I go to a museum, either photographic or paintings, after I look at everything, I kind of peruse and notice which ones I really love the most. Mm -hmm. And quite often, there of children because that is you know I'm a kid magnet I love photographing kids and I love the quality of of light on skin and um yeah so that's a great tip yeah. Yeah. um okay so is there so we're finding our style we've learned photography now how about in the how do you get the money how do you get the clients how do you start so that you uh accomplish what is for most people a big goal, right? Okay, so the clients get only the three, there's only three places in our business that we make money. Okay. Okay. Everything else is an expense to be controlled. And the three places we make money are photography, sales, and marketing. Okay. Now, when I say those words, I'm not, when I say photography, I mean, I'm belly to belly with the customer. I'm working with the customer. I'm not calling images, okay? Um, I'm not cleaning my cameras. Okay, that's all not photography. Okay, mm -hmm. that's supporting photography, but it's not photography, okay? Photography is when I'm working with the client. Sales, okay, that's when I'm with the customer selling. Mm -hmm. It's not creating slideshows. It's not pre-touching images. That's all supporting stuff but it's not where I make my money. Right. Okay. And marketing mm -hmm. is when I'm out there in the community, either, you know, booking auctions, working at, at an event um, expo or something like that, or I'm working with some third party um, you know, that I'm partnering with uh -huh. and I'm out there in the community, getting leads. Mm -hmm. um, those are where I'm going to make my money those three things, everything okay. else is an expense. And as far as I'm concerned, should be outsourced or not done. Okay. Including, I am a big proponent of get a housekeeper. Oh, well, that's... <laughs> that for a lot of, I, I've been pondering how in this day and age, uh, I attract a lot of women to my coaching and almost all of them are still responsible for housekeeping and childcare. Mm -hmm. And it, like, to me, it seems like 
things should have changed, but they haven't. So that's one of the first shocking things that I have my clients uh, embrace the concept of is paying somebody else so that you can work and make, you know, two, three, five thousand dollars an hour rather than, you know, the what you pay a housekeeper. So yeah, anything that you're doing that is apart from photography, sales and marketing is costing you money. You say, right. well, no, it's not because I'm not spending money on a housekeeper or I'm not spending money on a retoucher or et cetera, a bookkeeper, you know, well, no, you are costing yourself sittings. Right. Of course, are very, you know, if you're, if you're priced right and your selling skills are good, you're, you're getting several thousand dollars for a sitting. But if I'm devoting hours a day to bookkeeping, retouching, housekeeping, you know, uh, cleaning cameras, uh, calling images, if I'm devoting time to that, I've lost sitting time. Right. Or I've right. lost sales time. Mm -hmm. I've lost marketing time. Right. right. And the one place where most photographers don't spend anywhere near enough time is marketing. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It, how, I find, you know, there's that common, um, that cycle that happens a lot in our industry. I'm, I would guess you agree with me on that. If you, if you don't, let me know. But very common to be like, market like crazy and then get too busy to market because you're making all this money. And then all of a sudden that promotion you've, you know, you've worn that you've gone all the way through that cycle. And then it's like crickets and there's no work and you're like, ah, and then, okay, I'm going to market some more. Right. You know, that common. So it's, a, it's a, it's a never ending cycle of being broke. Okay. Yes. <laughs> because... So how do you overcome that? How do you keep a steady marketing uh, I mean, let me habit. put it in a way that may freak people out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Marketing's one of the things that most people don't want to do, okay? But it's the single most important thing in your business. Mm -hmm. um, and it's two to three hours of marketing a day, every day. Okay. It doesn't matter how busy you are, you do two to three marketing hours of marketing a day, every day. Okay, that means out in the community finding leads. Okay, so not sitting on Facebook posting. Yeah, right. Okay, or so commenting I'm, or me <laughs> running Facebook ads, or I'm doing if my Facebook posts are indeed booking me, getting me leads. Okay, yes, but for most people, they're playing on Facebook and they're putting up pretty pictures, but that's not getting them leads. So it doesn't right. count. Blogging. Right. Okay. Got it. So but if I do that every single day and I schedule my sales and my photography around my marketing time, mm. then I'm going to have a very successful business. And, you know, you can, I mean, I've definitely got clients who are making a quarter million dollars personal profit. I don't mean the gross sales. I mean, personal mm -hmm. profit. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do in this business. Okay. If you do follow some key principles, one of which is the marketing. Yeah, because if I love when somebody says, I just uh, I just finished my website and I ran an ad on Facebook three months ago. I haven't had any work. <laughs> and there's all always lots of loving comments on a post like that about, OK, you know, you, you can't just sit there. You got to get out there in the world and uh, 
in some capacity. So yeah, that I, you know, even with, with my business and, you know, as I transitioned out of photography, um, and I still was in control of it though, but I was still, um, training, doing the training of the photographers and we, we trained all the time. I mean, it was always practice. Okay. Uh, sales, same sales was the same thing. It's always practice too. Um, uh, but then I transitioned even out of that. But the one, one position I never gave up was chief marketing officer. Mm. Okay. Too important. Yes. Yeah. Do you think people can find somebody qualified to do that for them? And how would they search for somebody or what would they uh, want to look there for? Are, you know, there's a number of different ways to, to, to do marketing, at least probably 21 different ways or more to do marketing, but um, for, for photographers, but, um, and yes, I can I possibly can find somebody to do that. But at the end of the day, it's, I think it's still the you know, the owner or the president of the company's job is still going to be chief marketing officer. Okay. Right. So making sure it gets done. Right? Mm -hmm. And yes, I had, I had people who were helping me do the marketing and they did most of the actual work, but it still had to make, I still had to make sure it got done every day. But the dream of, I'm just going to throw money towards somebody that promises they're going to get me work is, is not a dream that you would suggest people entertain for very long well, i had a conversation with one photographer today who somebody was promising them leads um from a email system and i said well interesting okay i said i'll tell you what um for that same amount of money tell them that if they'll guarantee you three clients that's all just three clients then you'll pay them mm. okay but until they until you've gotten three clients you won't pay them right and now, I think I'm pretty sure that she's going to go back and talk to that person. <laughs> They're not going to guarantee right. her leads. Okay. Because yeah. her, at her price level, three leads would more than justify it. Right. If she's got a very healthy average order and three leads would, I mean, three sittings would do it. Not three leads. I'm sorry. It'd be three book sittings. Right. Three book sitting sessions. Yeah. Cause you can get all kinds of leads that are. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's another place when we get to marketing, but is to measure your marketing. You should know how many leads for what kind of sources turn into how many sittings. Mm -hmm. So on the topic of getting started, so what I hear you saying is learn photography, figure out a style that sets you apart, uh, make sure that you're doing photography, doing sales and marketing. Are there some like practical like I'm just getting started. What do I need to do in the next three months? Things that you can recommend. Invitational sessions. Okay. We invite people and I may give them the equivalent of portrait. Okay. I may give them the equivalent um, value of a 1620 portrait, you know, so it might be a, you know, a two or three, eight by tens or, or a 1620 and allow them to purchase whatever else they'd like to do if they'd like to but they're doing this for you. They're doing this as a practice client for you and to help you build samples. Mm -hmm. But it's a good practice to develop your style. So even if a photographer has been in business for many years and wants to develop a new style, then I'd be doing invitational sessions again. Okay. okay. So what I'm hearing is the goal with this is not um, quite the same as doing, let's say, a promotion where you're doing 
free sessions and the intention is to have big sales. This is actually getting practice, getting samples. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be someone qualified to, to write you a check for or hand you $3,000 in cash. No, I, I would say that my average member who does invitationals is probably getting $1,000 as opposed to maybe two or three thousand dollars but they're mm -hmm. still making money on it so for, huh. for, for starting out if they've if they have also mastered if they practice if they've practiced a sales system mm -hmm. um, so they've got to learn a sales system someplace but if they practiced it and that's a piece many people won't do is practice right i i um master a sales system right i was invitational session through it but you tell the invitational session i'm not selling to you i'm just presenting to you right you choose to want something more then that's fine but but i need to practice my sales system with you too so mm -hmm. i watched a, a program about inventions a couple of days ago and somebody invented it's like a slip and slide uh that is giant and it boosts you in the air like uh ski jumping so pretty much like a ski jump, but it's slip and slide material and you land in a pool and the people that are doing um, ski jumping or uh, skateboard tricks where they spin in the air and things like that, use this to learn. And so I've been uh, mentioning that to my coaching clients when they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this thing and it's, it didn't go well. Just reminding them, you know, you're, you're on the slip and slide practicing yeah. your spins. Yeah. And yeah, you may belly flop or you may learn how to do it. You know, you don't want to think that you're going to land on the asphalt the first time. Right. So I love that. Yep. You said that do those yep. invitational sessions and use them. Sure, there's money potential at the same time practice 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 yeah is that, is that what you're yeah one one original mentor i had even way back to when i was at rat an outside speaker um said the best uh, and this is back in the film days of course but um said to me he said the the best way to learn photography is a thousand rolls of film in a wastebasket mm. mm -hmm. and um practice yeah. practice practice yeah, yeah. Somebody once, said, somebody once said, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, 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 practice. exactly. Uh, back pre-digital, um, people would say, oh my gosh, your work's so good. You're so professional. And I don't know if I heard this or I just thought it up, but the difference between a professional and an amateur is how much we throw away. Because so that's exactly what you said, to have a tra trash can, you know, shoot a yeah. lot and save learn you know save your successes and um yeah and then eventually you know you don't throw away as much <laughs> right that's a that's a piece that i also see that costs photographers a lot of a lot of money and time okay um back in the film day lucy you we we didn't overshoot did we okay back in the film days when it cost you a dollar to pull the trigger right okay which in today's dollars would be three dollars to pull the trigger, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it you limited your number of portraits, okay, um, that mm -hmm. you're going to show. Okay, but you also were much more careful when you pulled the trigger. Mm -hmm. 
now people shoot 200 images to show 40 or 50. Right. And the editing time, the, the calling time is, uh, takes enough time that they could have shot another sitting. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's discipline here, okay, that we learn to pull the trigger at the appropriate time and get the right image so that I am calling by, by when I pull the trigger. Right. Now, one of the things I really miss about film days is that, uh, tell me if you get that too, that moment right when you click it, when it's one of those shots where the, the design, the color, the lighting, and the expression and everything, you just, boom, you know, you nailed it right at that time. Yeah. Did, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, uh, and it whereas with digital, I might see it, but I go click, 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 click. Right. And I don't get that same like, okay, here it comes, here it comes, wait for, wait for it. Oh, there it is. And then, and then maybe a couple extra just to make sure. But yeah, I, I miss that, um, that sweet moment that you have to wait for because it's going to cost you a dollar. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. So people think it's cheaper in digital. It doesn't cost me anything in digital. Yes, it does. It costs you time. Right. That time is, I could do another sitting and mm -hmm. that time is worth two or $3,000. So it's actually more expensive in digital to call images than it was in the film days. Right. Yeah. So that leads me to another question that I had for you or another category of questions, sure. which is people who have realized... They no longer want to be a shoot and share photographer. People who, that's how they started. Uh -huh. And they're delivering hundreds of images, uh -huh. um, not in person. And they're, they're ready to up their game, make more money, give that personal service um, and get money, you know, get paid in the thousands rather than the hundreds. How uh -huh. do you help people transition? What, what are some suggestions well they they're going to need to find a sales system somebody teaching a sales system we teach a sales system um and they're going to find a sales system and get them to practice the sales system the sales mm -hmm. system is always going to be projection okay i mean there are some photographers who i've worked with that sell by packages okay but it's still in person mm -hmm. um, and you can do that it's a it limits the top end but you i've seen photographers get some nice average orders with packages as well but but the projection sales is always going to get the better order okay so but, explain projection sales of course i know what you mean but for people that don't so i i've got my images in digital format and i'm going to project them um using typically a piece of software like pro select um and um and I'm going to be using a projector to project them on a wall. Mm -hmm. So they see size, them big size. Right. Okay. And I, I can start with a large size and drop slowly to smaller sizes and show the impact of expression and eyes and so forth. What happens when we diminish the size of the portrait and find a portrait that's suitable for their home, for the right size, for the right price. And, uh, and they agree that the expression and everything is what they want, you know, it, at, they, they're seeing the expression, the impact of the expression. Um, now I've got a satisfactory portrait for that customer at the right size. 
why do you prefer projection over uh, television? I know a lot of people like, uh, well, I've got a big TV. Yeah, because television constrains um, you. It's not so much about the clarity of the image as it is about the appropriate size of the image. And if I've done, if I'm projecting on a blank wall, I can I can do a seventy or eighty inch image by tall or wide. Mm -hmm. Do that on a on a television you can't you on a television you might be able to proje project 40 inches wide but you can't project on most televisions you can't project 40 inches tall yeah how big would that tv have to be like 200 inches to have a 40 inch tall because it's diagonal so it would be a pretty big tv yeah, pretty big tv yeah yes. okay. but even at that it's still confined within a, a boundary but if i put it on the wall and I've got portraits on the wall as well. Now they have a, a, a um, comparison. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And it's nice, uh, like I've hopped on airplanes and carried my projector. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I use, uh, I like to have boards in different sizes as opposed to using the ProSelect where you use the software to show sizes. I like the analog old school of like, okay, here's a 30 by 40 white board. And this is what that would look like as a finished art piece. And so with a projector, it, you know, I can just carry that to their home. I can carry it out of town and um, yeah, so it's handy. And it's also really fun to watch movies on Netflix on, uh, you plug your laptop in and watch a movie giant size in your own home <laughs> have you done that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah fun okay so find a sales system to transition to in-person sales for thousands rather than hundreds uh, what yeah, else practice it and practice it it requires practice and many people don't want to do the practice um, right yeah I, I i you know I, I think i don't know whether it's been somebody or who said it which coach said it but most people want to win. Most people want to be successful, but few people are willing to practice to win or practice mm. to be successful. And mm -hmm. that's where all the that's where it all comes from. If you're right. not practicing, then that means you're practicing on a customer. That's not a good place to practice. No. And and then you're disappointed if it doesn't turn out the way you hope. And yeah, nobody wins. So for the people, because there's so much inner game with this. So I've noticed a challenge actually making the switch. You know, some people try to do a little bit of a hybrid selling files and prints. Do you, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? How do you suggest people? And there are photographers who they're depending on that steady income, even if it's three, $400 uh a session if they're doing 10 to 20 sessions a month paying their bills you know suddenly now we're going to go in person so do you have some thoughts on how to yeah now we're getting move? into what we would call sort of branding and positioning okay okay so branding is not your logo it's not your signage it's not your pretty brochure branding is the whole picture okay if you will of how do you appear to the customer? What does the customer think of you as? So more and more, I work with my clients um, to position themselves as 
portrait artists and a wall mm -hmm. portrait artists even as opposed to photographers and i have them leave the word photographer right out of their title okay mm -hmm. um, because you know somebody taught me once a long time ago that you know pictures sell for hundreds and art sells for thousands mm. so if i begin to only display on my in my studio whether it's a small gallery like a living room size or it's a large gallery uh, which we've got some studios that have very large galleries um, and if i only show sizes that are 20 24 and larger okay and i don't have small portraits anywhere to be seen okay i may have a 16 20 11 by 14 8 by 10 down by the side of my desk where people can't see them but i can use them in the sales room if i need to um, but I don't show them on display because the second I do, I'm giving permission to that. If I show large portraits and I'm getting people acclimated to it. So first they need a space and they need wall portraits. Yes. And they need to change their name from photos by Jerry. Uh -huh. <laughs> photos by Gary yeah. versus, you know, Gary Brown's portrait art is right. a very different position, if yes. you will, in a customer's mind. Because mm -hmm. when the customer is saying, well, what do you mean by portrait art? That gives me an opportunity to begin to talk about working in mixed media. And all of a sudden, I'm now having a different conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm talking about, you know, I talk about we, they, that we apply layers of ink to artist canvas, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm having a whole different description of this thing called a picture. <laughs> okay. Right. And when you do that, the customer can't put you in the photographer category in their brain because with, if you tell somebody I photography, they instantly think of you must photograph babies and weddings and right. Oh, I need a new headshot. And I need a new <laughs> headshot and you must give digitals and it must be $300. Right. But if I can transition away from that and set my, my position in the marketplace up as a portrait artist, I've just changed the whole game. Mm-hmm. One of my uh, coaching clients is um, lives on a military base, and we worked to help her be positioned as because every corner of that base, there's somebody, a mom with a camera, uh, doing night. You know, might be great work, but in the hundreds, and she was so excited when somebody said to her oh, this is my friend so-and-so. She's a real photographer because just what you said, she positioned herself in her community as somebody very different mm -hmm. than the others. And of course she doesn't get as, well, not of course, but anyway, it, that was a happy moment when I heard her sh share that, 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 that focus on just what you're saying the branding as an artist and somebody. Um, so do you agree that we also need to plan to spend more time with our clients that maybe we need to use the phone? Like, do you think it's essential to use the telephone with clients or, okay, I just said a whole bunch of things at once, David. So A, I imagine you would agree with me on this, that to do this transition change, the branding, spending more time with our clients has value. Yes. As a we, we, um, 
and you may remember it when I spoke at it, well, portrait conference, um, we do a whole uh, customer journey, mm -hmm. building value over time. Most people in photography and even in many other kinds of industry, um, they think, you know, like in photography, they think it's three separate transactions. Okay. Like, you know, um, I, I somehow booked a sitting. Somebody called me. Oh my God, somebody called me. I booked a sitting. Mm -hmm. um, then I, th and they actually showed up and they showed up with some decent clothes. <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. God. <laughs> and, then, and then, oh, wow. They even showed up for the sales appointment. Okay. Um, and they actually bought something. Okay. Three separate transactions, but it's mm -hmm. not. It's a continuous journey from before they even meet you. Okay. They've seen you at a expo or or a um, boutique, you know, and maybe a clothing boutique where you have a display or someplace, they've seen you, seen you on a Facebook ad or something. And that's where the journey begins. And mm -hmm. how I build each piece of that journey to build value through the portrait session, not being the most important, that's where the images are captured. And then into the sales room, okay, a view and order, if you will. Um, and at that point in the view and order, my goal there is to have them predisposed to purchase, mm -hmm. a craving to own. Mm, I like that. Predisposed to purchase and a craving to own. Yeah, I don't want them craving to negotiate. <laughs> right. And predisposed to purchase means they're coming in. We've over, already overcome all the objections. Mm -hmm. We've handled size, price. I don't put wall portraits on the wall. My husband couldn't be here. We've handled all those objections already. Okay. So that, and they're ready to pull out a credit card and give me money. And, and craving to own, if any of you have ever craved to own, which is probably everybody on this call, they might've craved to own a, a giant or a TV or a special piece of furniture or a car or whatever it is. And, you know, you thought you were going to spend 2000 on this thing in the store. But by the time you put the bells and whistles on, it's now 2900 The question isn't whether you're going to buy it, because of course you are, because you're craving to own it. It's just how am I going to pay for it? Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's a happy, happy moment for a salesperson. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yes. So, and even David, what I'm seeing now uh, is with that, when you said the three steps, I think that's really, um, I love what you just said. Now, what I'm seeing a lot is they send an email. So in terms of the one, two, three, they send an email. Someone sends them an email, not a call. They send an email back and the person books. Then they do the session and then they send the gallery. You know, they send 150 files and then they sit there wondering if the person even liked them. That, so even the phone call and sitting down to do a sale, I think is uh, something that I want people to at least begin to understand that, that um, what am I trying to say? That, that there's a lot more steps than answering an email, doing the session and then sending off the yeah. files for somebody. Yeah. Did, yeah. did that make any sense what I just said, David? Well, again, you know, people, we're used to working with clients every day. We understand what we're doing. This is quite literally, probably, possibly, quite probably the first time <laughs> in a customer's life they've ever done a portrait, mm -hmm. a formal portrait. 
And, you know, so they don't know the process, right? And they don't know the value. And our job is to educate them on the value. Mm -hmm. And that takes time. That's not a one-step thing. So it's the customer journey. Yeah. 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 And that inner game of understanding the value to ourselves, Mm -hmm. how how do you help people that you teach understand their own value that's a big sigh (laughs) (laughs) um i need any person i'm trying to teach especially sales but for photography and even phones i need somebody who's number one enthusiastic okay Mm -hmm. but i need somebody who has an overwhelming belief in the value of portraits Mm -hmm. so first and foremost question even for the photographer who owns a studio do you have wall portraits, substantial wall portrait size on your own home walls? Because if you don't, then that's a good place to start right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Start with why don't you? Because if you don't believe in photography enough to have a 30 by 40 of your own family, how are you going to convince a customer to have one of their family? Right. Yeah. And, you know, so in my studios, we, you know, always gave our, once a year, gave our um, employees a uh, opportunity to have a substantial wall portrait created of their family or a loved one or somebody so that they would have those on the wall and they could see what this is all about yeah. and value what it's all about mm-hmm. even, even somebody who's just doing assembly work I still wanted them to know the entire value of what we do mm-hmm. and I find that when I sit with my clients and show them the work projected and I hear their response and I see that their tears and I laugh with them I begin to understand more and more and more the value of what I do because I'm my clients are teaching me so another reason to sit with our clients and show our work big is so that we understand how great we are not us but how important photographs are in people's lives that especially that are large enough to enjoy you know over and over again every single day so yeah oh yeah well we could just we'll keep talking for about eight hours uh (laughs) that that might just touch the surface of of you know all the wisdom that you have to share here david (laughs) or maybe we don't have that much time today but um I have two, two questions for you. So one is about uh, your, you have a little treat, something, a free, um, a free something. So sure. what, what is that? And in the show notes, there are links to that, but uh, what would that be in well, easiest I'll, way to I'll, find I'll, it? I've got the, um, I've got the, um, the guide to the million dollar studio. Okay. Um, and some people say, well, I don't, I don't want to be a million dollar studio. Um, well, that's okay. You don't need to be, but the same principles are going to get you to half a million dollar studio or, mm-hmm. or running a good quarter million dollar studio. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but, and people think that, you know, when I say a million dollars, oh my God, I could never do that. Okay. Um, Cause it, I could never work that hard. And, and I'm going to tell you something just interesting here that running a million dollar studio um, does take some effort to get there learning, if you will, just learning, but it's actually quite easier than running a $200,000 studio. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, 
way easier actually, as a matter of fact. Um, but but nonetheless, the that cheat sheet, my million dollar studio cheat sheet, um, would be a very good place um, for them to start. And then I will um, give them both of my books um, for um, the cost of just shipping. So seven ninety five um, for the two books, and I'll send them okay. my two books for no charge. So and the best way to for them to come on is just come on to um, friend me on Facebook or on our. Uh, you can friend me on my, you know, friend, friend me on Facebook and, um, and just drop me a note there that you want to get one of those two things and okay. happy to do it. Um, my Facebook would be um, uh, facebook.com Hilton David A. I mean, there's going to be a lot of David Hiltons out there. <laughs> yes, but I'm sure if I searched uh, David Hilton photographer, photography, something. Well, you won't find me under photography gonna... anymore. It'll okay, be you can, vision, you but... can. I think we're Facebook friends, so you can find them yep. uh, on my Facebook friend list. <laughs> yeah, yep. or they can just type, you know, facebook.com slash Hilton David A. Great. Yep. And so last, thank you for that. Thank you for that lovely um, offer. Yep. And so what would be either something you haven't shared that you would be like, oh, I wish we had uh had a chance to talk about that or if there's just something you want to leave us with you know it's so much of it is mindset okay and your belief in yourself and and so forth and building you know continuing to believe it's possible all right not impossible but believe it's possible um you know i've seen studios that have you know doubled and tripled their sales in a year mm-hmm Okay. Um, and, but if you, if you believe it's impossible, it's going to be impossible. Henry mm -hmm. Ford once said, you know, um, you know, you know, if you think it's, if you don't think it's possible, or if you think it's possible, either way, you're right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's up to you. Um, and then it's just learning. It's learning and practicing. Mm. Right? It's not, I mean, photography, you know, many of our members, people, listeners won't believe this, but photography compared to most businesses is an extremely simple business, mm -hmm. but there are fundamentals to be mastered. All right. And mm -hmm. you master those fundamentals. You'll set yourself into the top 5% very quickly. And, and there's it. lots of room up there, right? Yeah. At the top. <laughs> yep. Yep. Great. David, thank you so much for saying yes uh, to being on this show. Perfect. And I love just having a chance to, have just you and I have conversation and then share it out there in uh, 70 countries so far, David. Cool. So, yeah. Excellent. I, Happy to share. Um, if they're overseas, I'm not going to be able to send them the books. They can buy one of the books on Amazon. Um, the, um, but I'll give them a link on Amazon, but I can't ship them overseas because of the sure. taxation. Sure. Um, so in the U.S., but the, um, but the cheat sheet, the million dollar studio cheat sheet would apply overseas as well as it does here. And that I can email them. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, David, thanks so much for being on this show and just reminding you to stay tuned for my wrap up after I bid David a fond farewell. So fond farewell, David. <laughs> thanks Thank so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. So here's my wrap up. And um, before I do that, I just want to remind you that um, I love to have you join the Profitable Photographer private group. And 
you can post questions or comments about this episode. And I also have uh, the page, which you don't have to, um, I don't have to let you into that the profitable photographer page with Lucy Dumas. So, um, and I love emails. If you just want to chat about something, send me an email or a Facebook message and I'll send you a link and we can have a little 20 minute conversation. Um, you know, if you want some support, I am here for you. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Wrap a little quick. I asked him about getting started and he said, one, we need to learn photography, the fundamentals of photography, lighting, exposures, cameras, f-stops, ISOs, shutter speeds, etc. And I'm sure he's assuming we also need to have good equipment. Um, number two is it's important to find a style that we love and that we can be inspired by others, but we want to stand out so our work is somewhat different. And one of the tips he had was to look at magazines and different, different uh, forms of photography that can, and see what we're drawn to and then build on that. And number three, he mentioned that in this business, we make money doing three things, photography, sales, and marketing. And anything else, someone else should do if we're wanting to grow a highly successful business. And I threw out a plug for getting a housekeeper and a nanny is always good too. If you've got child care responsibilities. Um, then the fifth thing is to start having invitational sessions. Yeah, let me see if I can say that. Start having invitational sessions where you photograph people, you get samples, you get practice, practice selling to them. Let them buy if they want to. And number five, I put learn. And so I think there was a lot more to that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're always learning. Um, and then I ask about uh, for people who are wanting to transition from shoot and share to in-person sales. You mentioned the importance of a sales system which that's something that I, um, I love teach Pete. I love teaching uh, the step-by-step -step sales system that I call being the trusted advisor. And also the, in the sales room, having a system for making a sale is important. We talked about the value of using a projector. And then he said, you got to practice. You need to change your uh, branding and positioning, which is showing up as an, a portrait artist and shifting to that from kind of a photographer that's like everyone else to something different, something more um, elevated. It talks about creating a customer journey. That's one of the ways that we do that and getting our clients to that point where they're predisposed to purchase and they're craving to own. I love that. And then his parting is to believe in yourself that so much of this is mindset and know that 
it is possible. This business is not that complicated. I didn't go to business school. I probably most photographers who are doing really well did not get their MBAs and their masters and all, you know, in any of it, doctorates, um, but they learned how to be darn good photographers and good business people selling marketing, you know, all that goodness. So anywho, I hope you're doing great. I hope your rest of your week or month is fantastic and that you can catch a virtual hug that I'm sending your way. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.